faithwire.com. Billy Graham's grandson is in critical condition with COVID, but he's doing very Graham family-like things while in the hospital battling the illness. Today's Monday, July 26, 2021. I'm Dan Andros. We'll have this story and more on today's 4 and 3 podcast from CBN's Faithwire. Four big stories, three things you need to know about them, all from a Christian perspective. Joining me today, as always, is Trey Gons Phillips from faithwire.com. Trey, what's going on? Hey, Dan. Happy Monday. You know, um, so for story number two, we have Sarah Huckabee Sanders urging people to pray about taking the Trump vaccine. (laughs) Good branding there for her, I guess. Yeah. Trying to trying to woo the the skeptics, maybe, or the people who just have some questions. So, yes, (laughs) I mean, I I think it's accurate to call the Trump vaccine. I think so, too. And uh, we've got it. We've got some Israel stories coming up too, Trey. We've got balloon bombs flying in from uh, from Gaza and it's always great when you see these the archaeology archaeology has got to be a booming industry in Israel because they are constantly digging stuff up and of course the the history that's there to be found underneath the surface is just is probably I mean not probably it's second to none yeah no it's and it's uh, it's always reassuring as a believer you know when you see this kind of stuff and we already know scripture to be true we know it to be the inspired word of god and all of that but when you see the tangible real uh, you know physical artifacts from our faith that kind of back it up it just really it's really encouraging and it's and it's pretty neat to see some of those stories come to life in that way yeah absolutely 100% and we're going to dive right in here story number 1 Trey with a family who's uh, very faithful and of course the Graham family uh and Graham Lotz the daughter of the late evangelist Billy Graham she asked for prayers over the weekend after her son Jonathan Lotz Uh, was hospitalized with COVID, and she said in critical condition. Here's what she wrote on Facebook. She said, 50 years ago, I could hold my son in my arms. Now I've placed him in the arms of Jesus. He has been... Now, that sounded the way she worded that. Like When I first read that, I thought, oh, no, he he passed away. But I think she was just meaning that she was handing over... You know, it was out of her control. She's just handing it over to Christ, right? Um, And so uh, she said he's been hospitalized with COVID and is in critical condition. Incredibly, she relayed that her son had been focused on his faith and ministering to others, even while in the ICU battling COVID. And she read a text that he had sent to her in the morning. Uh, And so this is what he wrote. He said, um, he is being fruitful in the land of his affliction. I'm physically exhausted, yet spiritually overflowing. I am continually pouring over the Psalms of Ascent 120 through 134 in the ICU. I have had the privilege of sharing Jesus with the ER and ICU staff. What a savior. God is so good. So really cool stuff there to see that there is a member of the grand family there just still yeah. doing their thing and witnessing and sharing the good news of Christ, even as they're in a, in peril. So um, pretty incredible stuff there. And um, uh, she wrote, you know, please be encouraged that God is hearing and answering your prayers um, and just don't let up. Pray that he will not have to go on a ventilator and that his oxygen levels would increase, his lungs would be strengthened, healed, and that uh, his health will be fully restored with no long-term complications. She said she's filled with gratitude uh, for your prayers. And so I know many of y'all out here in this audience have been praying, and so that's been great. Um, And interestingly, I mean, both of them have dealt with their own health issues. We've reported on Faithwire as uh, Ann Graham Lotz has has dealt with cancer, and she credited ultimately credited God for healing her of that. And her son Jonathan also uh, has apparently also had uh, a run with cancer. So 
uh, and mm-hmm. and has come out through that. So, um, so no strangers there to the health issues, but they're also no strangers to deep uh, abiding faith, which we're seeing on display uh, right here. So obviously not a left right issue here, Trey, not a political thing, but it matters because yeah. you know this is a time when. What is political is the media is like dunking on people who don't get the vaccine. I have no idea what their vaccine status is of, of these guys and don't really care to know. Um, but there's this string of these headlines in the media today. I don't know if you saw this, Trey, but a guy had like passed away. because um, And then they the media dug through his um, old social media posts and found that he had you know, kind of said, oh, I'm not going to get the vaccine, made a couple memes or whatever about not getting the vaccine and then died of COVID. And so yeah. they, you know, this is just a person that's not, it's not some famous person that's newsworthy reported their death. It's like they went out of their way to sort of trample on this guy's grave. Um, and so that's kind of the atmosphere we're in right now. And it's just, it's kind of sad. And, um, you know, to me, the important thing is that, you know, we pray for uh, Jonathan and also just be encouraged by his faith in the middle of this yeah. and um, hopefully avoid all the political nonsense that comes along with, with COVID. Yeah. And you know, for what it's worth, Franklin Graham, at least I know is vaccinated because he came out and, you know, did a whole like PSA encouraging mm-hmm. fellow believers to get vaccinated. But I think the, the larger point that you're making, Dan, is that it, sh- it shouldn't matter. Uh, like, yeah. you know, when somebody is, is in dire straits or they're in the ICU uh, like Jonathan is, and they need care. Like our response should be to pray for them, obviously to hope for their their healing and and all of that, and just to to be thinking about and praying for the lots and the grand families. That you know that should be our priority, not to shame somebody for well, if they had gotten the vaccine, they wouldn't be in this bad a shape, or uh, like that other guy you were, you were talking about, the younger guy wouldn't have passed away. It's like you don't actually know that. You know, we don't right. know any of these things. Right. You don't know what other mitigating factors there might be. It just seems like an easy dunk for so many in yeah. the media, and it's it's pretty shameful. Um, but on a lighter note, it's pretty cool to see that Jonathan was there sharing the gospel. Uh, even in you know in critical condition, as his mom said, he's there uh, fighting fighting a pretty bad infection. He was still there, uh, you know, sharing Jesus with the the workers there. And uh, his cousin Will Graham, which is Franklin Graham's son, he was also in West Virginia preaching. So it was just a big weekend of of preaching for the for the Graham family, whether they were in the hospital or they were in uh, in West Virginia. So it's just it's just really yeah. cool to see their testimony lived out. Yeah, absolutely. So, all right, story number two. So Sarah Huckabee Sanders, uh, familiar name. She's now a Republican uh, gubernatorial candidate in Arkansas. She revealed Sunday that she received what she referred to as a Trump vaccine (laughs) several months ago. So Sanders, who was, of course, President Trump's press secretary from 2017 to 2019, uh, praised her former boss for Operation Warp Speed which made vaccines available much sooner than would have been possible before Trump uh, removed a lot of that bureaucratic red tape. I know, Dan, you remember, like, even Fauci talking about when the COVID first started, we were several months in at that point of infections, and he said, oh, a vaccine is three, four, five years away. Uh, And, you know, a year later, less than a year later, the vaccine was, was in development, and then, you know, at the end of last year became started to become widely available so pretty pretty astounding yep. uh, so she praised sanders praised trump for that uh, she then condemned the quote-unquote misinformation thrown at me by politicians and the media which as she said made it more difficult for her to make an informed decision about whether to get vaccinated to begin with uh, sanders wrote in her column 
Uh, Dr. Fauci and the Because Science Says So crowd are arrogant, condescending politicians and bureaucrats who are wrong about more than their mandates and shutdowns that have inflicted incalculable harm on our people and economy. They also misjudged the Trump vaccine plan, which rolled out just as safely, quickly and effectively as the Trump administration promised. And she also called out politicians who have, quote, resorted to bribing, mocking and even name calling to coerce people into taking the vaccine. Uh, ultimately, though, like I said, she is vaccinated and she encouraged people to get vaccinated. Uh, and you know, she said that she made the decision to do so, quote unquote, based on the advice of my doctor. Uh, so to those who are still unsure about taking the shot, she encouraged them to pray about it and to talk to their doctors about what would be best for them and, and their health situation. So what's the left saying? The Biden administration is still encouraging people to get vaccinated. Uh, but at the same time, it's reportedly considering encouraging more restrictions all over again. Uh, so over the weekend, Fauci told CNN's Jake Tapper that federal health officials are in fact considering recommending that everyone, including those who are vaccinated, begin wearing masks all over again uh, when they're in public places. He also hinted that a booster shot might happen sometime soon down the road. So what's the right saying? Well, Republicans have, like Huckabee Sanders, encouraged people to get vaccinated and you know talk to their doctors about what would be best for them and also have pushed back against any sort of new restrictions. So why does it matter? Dan, I just, I cannot imagine that new restrictions, which we're already seeing, by the way, in some cities, are going to go over well no. at all. No, I cannot see that going, going over very well either. I mean, I, I feel like, because cases are going up, that is, yeah, that is true. Um, not you know, not yet to levels that we've seen before. But the big difference here is the hospitalizations and the deaths are way down, uh, which yeah. would indicate that the people who were supposed to get vaccinated the most, the ones who were in high risk zones, have gotten vaccinated, and the numbers bear that out as well. You know, people over the age of seventy five are well over ninety percent vaccinated, I believe. Um, in the country. So um, so it stands to reason that those who have less of a chance of being Im negatively impacted by COVID aren't going to go to the hospital as much, not going to die as much. And so so even though the cases go up, it doesn't necessarily mean doom like we had before, uh, where where it was really bad before. Right. So. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So with that as the backdrop and the fact that the vaccine is widely available, uh, and you can pretty much anyone can get it anytime for free. Um, right. It's kind of like, well, you, you know, uh, we have this available. What else can you do at this point if you're the government other than encourage people to get it? Or, you know, like um, like like she's doing, which is, uh, you know, Huckabee Sanders, which is saying get the Trump vaccine. So um, <laughs> other than encouraging people, there, I mean, what else is there left to do, right? If you if you start shutting people down now because they don't do something you don't want that's available, I, not like you said, I don't think that's going to play very well. Yeah. And, you know, the there is, it said the media is not going to tell you all of this. And it's it's always a doom and gloom. But there is like good news out there. It's just that yeah. we don't, it doesn't like bubble to the top of our, our news feeds, unfortunately. But uh, the Daily Mail actually published an article uh, a 
couple hours ago, a few hours ago, as saying that COVID is falling or leveling off in pretty much every region across England right now. And they're dealing with the same variant issues as we are. Uh, and they're, you know, so they had that spike, but they're seeing it steadily day by day. I think it's been six days of decline that the cases have been going down. So it, this is not like an insurmountable thing. And like you mentioned, Dan, we're not to the same level we were a year ago, a year and a half ago, even though that seems to be the kind of messaging we're getting from the media. So I think we could all use just a dose of, of objectivity. It's like, okay, you know, this is not the exact same kind of spike that we saw in 2020. Right. um, Because there are so many people who are vaccinated. And like you said, anybody who isn't and wants to be can go to any drugstore across the country that they want to pretty much uh, and, and get a shot. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely, hundred percent, and 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 um, we'll see. I mean, we'll see how it goes uh, because yeah. it certainly seems like that is at least what they're indicating they would like to do. And if if Australia is any indication, I don't know if anybody's been following what's been going on there, but it's been pretty insane there. They they are yeah. really strict, and we'll have to dive into that on in a future episode, Trey, because that's some pretty wild stuff there. Uh, what's going yeah, on in sure. Australia? Um, but we'll uh, we'll get to that at a later date. For now, we want to dive right into story number three. Balloon bombs are floating into Israel from Gaza. The IDF said that it, quote, struck a Hamas military base, end quote, in response to incendiary balloon attacks or balloon bombs from the Gaza Strip. Um, Israel said that the, the Hamas target was near civilian sites in Gaza, including a school. There were no immediate reports of casualties or deaths. Um, this was an airstrike, and it came just hours after... Hamas-linked terrorists launched incendiary balloons into Israel, sparking at least three fires. Israeli's fire service uh, didn't report any injuries or damage to property, but um, still unnerving nonetheless. And in addition to the airstrike, Israel said it would restrict Gaza. So, so this little thing happens, and then now the blowback comes. They're going to restrict Gaza's fishing zone from 12 nautical miles to 6 and it's common for Israel to reduce Gaza's fishing zone in response to attacks yeah. uh, like this. It makes sense. Um, Israel's uh, uh, military liaison to the Palestine, the Palestinians, uh, the coordinator of government activities in the territories, they said in a statement that Hamas bears responsibility for everything that is done in and out of the Gaza Strip toward the state of Israel, and it will bear the consequences of their violence uh, perpetrated against the citizens of the country. And Hamas, on their part, has warned of more violence if Israel tightens restrictions on the Gaza Strip. So um, we know why the, how this one's a left and right issue train, how it's constantly bounced back and forth. You know, Israel yeah. is called the occupiers, and then the Palestinians are just trying to get their freedom. Hamas rarely gets blamed. Um, and so, but it matters here because we're seeing tensions kind of escalating once again between Israel and Gaza. We saw it back in May. Uh, when they had 11-day kind of escalation and and war, essentially. Uh, And then now you got reports that there's, you know, fuel blockades and things like this in response to these attacks coming in from Gaza. And all after President Trump seemed to have kind of gotten things going in the right direction in regards to Israel and its neighbors. You had all these people coming on board, you know, trying to maybe look for a new path going forward. But but the reality there, though, is, I mean, no matter who's president, it's not something you're just going to turn off overnight, these hostilities uh, and these people yeah. that just want to harm Israel. And, you know, and I was there in, in uh, 2018, I believe, um, when the embassy was moved to Jerusalem. And 
went down to the border in Gaza and it was on that day. I was there that day. That was the deadliest day when there was a lot of fighting. You know, these Hamas militants were trying to break through the fence. And one of the things they were doing was sending these balloon bombs over. So I, they're very rudimentary, but I mean, it's just, it's just hard to imagine, you know, living down there because there are Israeli towns that aren't far from the the border down there by Gaza. And I just can't imagine just a rockets flying in, which seems yeah. to happen a lot, but then B just Molotov cocktails, just floating in on balloons, just, you know, just, Oh, you look up at a school playground or something and there's some Molotov cocktails flying in. I mean, it's, yeah. it's crazy what they have to deal with over there. It really is. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, I, I just think it always, whenever I hear stories like this, it always seems like, Israel is just a whole other world. Like they're dealing with things that I just can't imagine dealing with. Like at yeah. their border and, you know, they see rockets flying in and that, and that's just kind of a, that's a run of the mill like thing for them to experience is that kind of attack uh, frequently. Like, Oh, we got to go into, you know, we need to go into bomb shelters. Right. Like that's just something that they do and they're accustomed to it and they're used to it. Um, so, but it just shows how resilient they are as a people and as a culture, though, that they've been able to to maintain their strength as a people and as a culture uh, and an accepting culture, too. I know several people have been to Israel and said, oh, yeah, like you see people of, of different faiths walking through Israel all the time. I, you know, I see Muslim people walking through Christians and, and of course, uh, Jewish people. So um, it's pretty incredible what they've been able to maintain uh, despite the constant bombardment that they go through. Um, all the time. And I cannot but think, obviously, you can't, like you said, the issues are just so complex that I can't just say, well, it's because Trump's not president anymore. Uh, all of this stuff has erupted. Like, you know, there, right. these are, there are complex relationships that we can't necessarily hinge to one thing and nobody can solve overnight. Um, but it is quite a contrast between what Jared Kushner and Trump seem to have been negotiating there uh, compared to what's happening now. Um, and it, 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 it's just, there's a stark difference between the two realities. Um, so, you know, the takeaway here, I guess, just to, as, as believers to be praying for, uh, for the Jewish people and of course for Israel. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, and more Israeli news there, Trey, coming up on story four, I believe. Yeah. So this one's a, this one's a pretty cool story. Uh, so Israeli archeologists excavating and excavating in the foothills of the Judean mountains have discovered a rare 3,100-year-old inscription from the Old Testament era, and the inscription had a name on it from the Book of Judges. So researchers found the inscription of the name Jerubal uh, on a small jug from 1,100 BCE. According to the Times of Israel, this find could be the first hard evidence of a name from the Old Testament book that's on an artifact from that same period of time. Uh, so the name written on the jug in ink referred actually to Judge Gideon ben Yoash. So Gideon, of course, was a military leader. He organized a small army and attacked the Midianites. His, the full story is in chapters 6, 7, and 8 of the Book of Judges. So uh, two archaeologists said that because of the physical location of the jug, it is possible that the inscription might not refer to that Gideon. Uh, but the possibility, they said, cannot be ruled out uh, because you know there hasn't been anything else uh, other than from that time period that would use those names. Um, so it, it still is a possibility that it was referring to the military leader 
uh, Judge Gideon. So they went on to say that this, the discovery is significant because of the debate as to whether biblical tradition reflects reality and whether it is faithful to historical memories of the days of the judges and of the days uh, of David. So obviously not a right or left right. story or, or a political story, Dan. It's just really cool and an important update. And like I said at the top of the podcast, particularly for Christians, because I always find these discoveries really cool and fascinating yeah. and even encouraging because uh, they just confirm so much, like I said earlier, about about what we know to be true from Scripture. And it just kind of backs it up and and gives us something to fall back on. It's like, oh, here's, here's tangible evidence <laughs> yeah. uh, that what I know to be true uh, is true. Uh, because, and archaeologists are finding more and more and more all the time. I know CBN News uh, with Jerusalem Dateline, they're reporting on that kind of stuff all the time and i like i could just turn on those the jerusalem dateline videos with chris mitchell and just watch them <laughs> yeah. back to back and just like go down a dark hole of, of that <laughs> yes. content yeah i mean it's never ending great stuff i mean and if you've ever been to israel you know and if if, if anyone listening hasn't i recommend just going I, first of all they've been working so hard on not just the archaeology stuff in different areas but in you know old city in in, in the old city walls they're digging down and they're trying to show like, hey, this is Israel. You know, this is Israel's history here. Um, yeah. And you, they keep finding that, you know, and it, it's just remarkable to see just to be there and to see like, OK, this is the area of the planet that God essentially chose to reveal himself. And so it's just really a remarkable experience to be there. There's really goes without saying there's nothing like it in the world. And at the same time, it's sad, too, because you see all the the division there and you know people who are you know denying christ and yeah. in some cases outwardly mocking i saw that a few times as well while there but um but n nevertheless just a i mean an edifying experience from a from a faith perspective to see all these things that were that chris mitchell's reporting on uh it's just you know you can't beat it yeah no, it's it's on my list of of to do. Yes, <laughs> I unfortunately have not been to Israel yet, <laughs> but uh, hopefully it'll happen soon. Yeah, we'll have to get um, you because... an assignment over there, and uh, and the it, the Israel it's the Middle East Bureau there with Chris. So, <laughs> see, okay, so all of our listeners now have heard it first. You like you heard it from Dan, so now we all have to hold him to that yes. to get us over there to Israel. Yes. Well, we'll crowdsource. <laughs> Let's maybe we can crowdsource it. Everyone wants to see a report of trays. Right report from israel and um you know exactly. and then and then we'll make it happen so there we go all right <laughs> all right that is all the time we have for today and uh we as always we appreciate you tuning in and if you want more news from a christian perspective get on over to faithwire.com and cbnnews.com make it a daily visit also don't forget to subscribe and leave a rating to this podcast on itunes and uh we will be back here once again tomorrow god bless have a great rest of the day and uh, we'll see you back here tomorrow.